Big D Entertainment, in association with Dipsy Doodle Productions, presents the Dave Holly Hour. Brought to you by TJS Ceramic Studio, Posh Boutique in the Bridges at 57, The Sky and Tea, Excel Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Jesse Moffat Entertainment, and the Sioux Falls Arts Council. The Dave Holly Hour features Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment Conversations. A true lover of arts, entertainment, good food, and fun times, including an occasional Jack Daniels. Okay, so a few Jack Daniels. Here he is, Dave Holly. It's milestone time. Welcome to episode number 200. I know, cute, cool in the gang. Oops, sorry, copyright. But it is definitely time to celebrate, celebrate the arts. In fact, it's an extra celebration this week as the episode will give us well over an hour, maybe even over an hour and a half of arts and entertainment conversation. My first guest on the show that came out on 10-10-2019 was Robin Byrne. He was also on episode number 100, and just as he is today on number 200, and even told me before he left town to go back to England, said if uh, we're both around for number 300, he'd love to. Uh, my 100th guest was comic Alicia Rain. Today she's on the show, talks about how busy she is, not just performing stand-up, but also producing shows. Then Axel Osteen returns to the show and turns the tables as she interviews me. But first, let's pop the cork on this bubbly little show. Time to grab your favorite beverage, lift it high, and toast it to being Thursday, a.k.a. Weekend Eve. Hey, the weekend isn't around the corner, it's here! So long, hump day in your frumpy way. We say hello to Thursdays with opening nights. The weekend is near, and we can see the bright lights. Yes, Thursday, you're so hearty. We can't wait for Friday, so a day early, we start the party. Wherever you are, however you might be listening, whatever you might be drinking, and whatever you might be drinking it out of, all partly because, you know, hey, it's a different time of day for everybody that listens to this. But I do want you to lift that mug or glass or what have you and celebrate it. And a weekend eve toast to someone very few of you that listen to this show would know. David Wartman of Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Sunday, he will celebrate another trip around the sun. He is my brother-in-law. He's a gospel singer with an amazing bass voice. He's a regular listener of this show. And uh, he took me to Smokey and the Bandit when I was uh, in the summer between 8th and ninth grade. <laughs> and uh, always will remember that. It's a great memory. But love you, brother. And looking forward to seeing you in just a couple of weeks. The Weekend Eve Toast brought to you by The Sky and Tea. The Sky provides all caps fun, and that is best to add with friends. Have fun playing darts, shooting pool, listening to great live music from local musicians, or maybe you want to be one of those great musicians or singers and have fun at karaoke. Need some extra room? If you're holding a company party or a big benefit, The Sky's back room fits that bill. No matter what's going on at The Sky, it's local and it's lively. Honorable, Honorable mention. mention. What? 
did Dave do this past week that made him really happy? Well, it was Supercon. Wow, what a great event for this city. Last weekend's convention attendance, 10,500. That's a 50% increase from last year. Uh, We had a booth this year, had a great time meeting many of you, and a great time hosting trivia and improv comedy on Saturday night. Now, if you've never been, primarily because you don't think it's your scene, trust me, it's well worth the price of admission just to see the cosplay characters. And you will be surprised. You will find something there that will trip your trigger if you go to next year's show. All right. So, again, honorable mention to this past weekend's Supercon convention. Later on, Axel Osteen becomes the guest host while I play the guest. Before that, we talk stand-up with comic Alicia Rain. Up next, Robin Byrne on the Dave Holly Hour. Check out the new ceramic studio in Sioux Falls, conveniently located off Kiwanis Avenue on 5th Street. TJS Ceramics inside Oscar's mini storage. We have thousands of classic vintage ceramic mold items and several new items too. TJS Ceramics offers classes, special open studio nights, and completed ready-to-purchase items. Bisque studio time or painting parties are available. Visit TJS Ceramics Studio in person today or email tjsceramics at gmail.com for more details. Comedy magician and hypnotist Jesse Moffitt's right. He can't play the piano, but he can sure entertain crowds with his amazing magic and clever quips. His shows always make the participants the stars, especially when they've fallen asleep on stage. Uh, I mean, they've been hypnotized. Are you the party planner in your group? Then you owe it to your group to make the event magical, even if it puts you to sleep. Here's how. For booking information, go to Jesse Moffitt Entertainment on Facebook. That's J-E-S-S-E-M-O-F-F-I-T-T. Or call 605-929-0964. Support the Dave Holly Hour in a very easy way. Buy Dave a cup of coffee by clicking the cup at DaveHollyHour.com. Welcome back, everyone. 200th episode of the Dave Holly Hour, and it started off on such a great note, too. My first guest that I ever had was Robin Byrne, at that time, executive director of the Sioux Empire Community Theater sect. Then it became TPP as the premier playhouse. He played a major role in that and did such a great job of getting us a great community theater back. And well, he's here for episode number 200. We happen to catch up with him uh, before he flies back to jolly old England. Robin, how are you? I'm very good. Very tired. Hadn't, haven't had much sleep. Yeah. And uh, I'm when I leave here, I'm straight to the airport. Exactly. To, to jump on long haul flight. Three, oh. three flights via Frankfurt of all places. Really? Back to Manchester. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you've got a long time ahead of you. What are you going to think about on that plane flight? Oh, I've got a lot to think about. Uh, a lot of th- a lot of things business wise. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the reason I came back here was related to my business that I had before the Premier Playhouse, and that's gone exceptionally well. And uh, not ready to talk about that yet because right. the contracts are not signed. All right. Um, I'll be thinking about one or t- uh, well two particular. Um, theatrical uh, writings that I've 
commenced. I've, okay. Uh, you know, I, as I've been sitting in England over the last year, uh, I've found I have a little more time to start writing again. Mm-hmm. And that's something I hadn't done in a long time. And I'm actually enjoying doing it. I, I don't know if it's a good thing when you're laughing at your own comedy as you're typing it. <laughs> I, I think, think it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those, you know, well, first of all, they always say, write what you know. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, you start from there, and if you're laughing at your own stuff, somebody else is going to be doing that too. So, right. uh, in, in fact, uh, weren't you telling me when we had coffee the other day that uh, in the household it was uh, being accepted as well? That's right. Um, yeah, my, my wife stuck her head around the door and said, what are you laughing at? And I said, I know maybe I shouldn't be laughing at, at my own stuff. And I gave it to her to read. And uh, she's brutally honest. Heather mm-hmm. is brutally honest. And she said, you know, this is really good. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so I thought, that'll do for me. If Heather thinks it's really good, it's probably better than really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's that's your support right there. You have that's right. that in the bag to begin with then. Yeah. And and so you've got two different things that you're uh, writing on and, and working on. Yeah, one, one is a brand new idea that occurred to me while I'm here. And... Um, it kind of uh, has a tie to the first play I ever directed uh, for the Sioux Empire Community Theatre, which was The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Mm-hmm. And I say it's got a tie to it. It's got a tie to it in the production sense, not in the era or Midwest sense or whatever. Um, and I, I'd love I'm, – I'm really wanting to tell you, but I'm just thinking, is it too early to talk about this and, uh, you know, whatever, but – uh, what the heck? Let's let's go with it. Let's do it. Uh, I'm I'm thinking of writing something called A Night at the Oscars. Oh, and it would be a Ricky Gervais type compare. <laughs> um, the actors would be in the audience and coming up on stage. Okay, and we would actually film the clips that they show on the screen. Um and and put them on stage and that's why I was saying it's a bit like the man who shot Liberty Valance yeah. because when we did that I think you came and saw that did, show yep. didn't you we built two movie screens into the, into the set and had hidden four hidden cameras so we could do close ups of the actors and kind of reflect the John Wayne black and white movie mm-hmm. as well as the live theater experience you know um and uh my ideas are kicking around on that uh so that's something i'm going to uh probably be thinking about on okay. the plane and then uh later this week once i've got back to work at you know at the the, the two theaters i'm working for in england un- under one name because it, it's one company that has two theaters okay um you know i'll i'll start uh, just scratching the paper with some ideas and, mm-hmm. and and seeing if I can make myself laugh. If I can't, I'll give up on the idea <laughs> and, uh, and and go back to the original one that I'm yeah. already working on, and it's almost complete. Yeah. So tell us, uh, in in terms of what you do uh, when you're back in England, you're involved, obviously, acting, directing, even uh, in some capacity management yeah. uh, of theaters as well. Yeah. Um, so what's what's like a week 
in your life in England? Wow. Uh, it's, it's diverse theatrically, right? Yeah. In the sense that um, I, I don't know if a lot of people knew it before while I was living here, but I, I am a member you know, of Equity, the, the Actors, Actors Union. Right. So I, I carry the, you know, the, the paid-up card, which allows me to get professional jobs without displacing people who might get upset, etc. Mm -hmm. So I'm um, a freelance actor, uh, though I've only done one play since I got back, uh, and uh, a freelance director. And I haven't done any of that since I got back. So part of my day is spent um, on the internet. Uh, I subscribe to various sites that advertise uh, roles and auditions. Sometimes my week is uh, a company that I'm registered with who need actors to, to role play for medical examinations. And uh, I had to turn a job down to come here uh, where I would have been a psychiatric patient. <laughs> and, the doc and, and the real life doctors would have been, you know, examining me. Uh -huh. uh, and they were in turn being evaluated by you know, by their um, Peers teachers or and whatnot. Supervisors, yeah. Et cetera, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> but I became um, an executive director and a consultant uh, to Theatre Delhi, which is short for Delicatessen. Mm -hmm. Its full name is Theatre Delicatessen, but the theatres are just known as Theatre Delhi. And uh, we have a major venue in the centre of London about to get significantly more major. I'll tell you a little bit about that shortly. And we've got a, a venue in Sheffield, which is where I live now. Mm -hmm. uh, so I spend most of my time at the Sheffield venue, uh, though I've got to go down for a board meeting uh, to London shortly after I, I get back to England. Theatre Delhi um, does radical theatre. We don't do what the Orpheum does, right? We don't do right. what the, the Premier Playhouse does. You know, uh, I mean, right now at the Premier Playhouse, buy, oh, well, I don't know when this goes out. It's going to be on <laughs> Thursday morning. All right, yeah. I was going to say, go buy your tickets uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and see The Little Mermaid, right? Uh, but we don't do shows like that. Um, they are shows with social commentary mm -hmm. or... Uh, they are airing subjects that need airing or tackling bigotry and racism and things like that. And when I get back, the uh, the first play that we'll be doing when I'm there is uh, a play about breasts. That's and right. It's got three ladies thing. in it, and two of them are wearing costumes that look like individual breasts. Okay with a nipple on the front yeah. of each costume. And they are the breasts of the third lady, and they are talking to her. And it's all about breast cancer awareness. Right. Yeah? And and you can imagine, if a lady's breasts did talk to her, <laughs> there could be some very funny conversations. <laughs> and I'm sure there will be, because as yet I haven't seen it, because we don't create that work ourselves. We kind of book that work mm -hmm. through the organization but we incubate artists who are who are working on projects whether it be theatrical or musical or whatever and we and then encourage those artists to perform at our venues so we're 
individually not creating the work ourselves. We're giving other people the, the opportunity, to the opportunity, yeah. the space, the encouragement, and the support. If they need a private studio, somewhat like the one we're sitting in now, mm -hmm. to to create something musically and and whatnot, we can provide them with that studio, and we we do that by taking on urban space, disused factories, uh, you know, sports venues and things like that. So in the in the centre of London, there is an, a Marks and Spencer department store. And Marks and Spencers are a huge name in England, just about in every town, kind of like having a Macy's at every mall right. or whatever, you know. Except that this Marks and Spencers smack bang in the, in the centre of London is seven storeys high, Ooh. probably around about sixty to 70,000 square feet. And we negotiate with the owners who have very expensive properties sitting empty that is costing them a fortune mm -hmm. for them to sit there empty. They're paying a lot of money in taxes and, and things like that. And we as a non-profit get it almost tax exempt, like 90%. So we can go in there and say to them, we'll make use of this property. You pay the other 10%, so you're getting a 90% reduction in your overheads, yeah, yeah. right? And we'll do business there, right? So we get our ven we get our buildings right. for free. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and the big organizations who own them, they uh, you know, they they save literally in the case of Marks and Spencers, it'll, you know, they'll be saving seven figures a year in taxes that they don't have to pay on that building, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Incredible! So great little business model. So we that, we then. yeah we we uh, I help and advise in all things mm -hmm. business and all things artistic. Um, they just uh, offered me the job as a consultant, and I said, "What do you want me to do?" And they said, "Turn up, keep your eyes and your ears open, talk to everybody, and tell us how to do it better." Yeah, consultant so, work. I like that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, now you, that you mentioned the fact that uh, you know you were talking about a lot of the edgy comedy that you're going to be doing, or not comedy per se, but the edgy plays that you do, yeah, talk about social issues, talk about uh, you know breast cancer and so forth. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about your daughter a little bit. Oh, Jade yeah. has done well with her show, oh. Pricks. God, I got a little bit in my throat. Yeah, so proud of her. No you know? kidding. Yeah, she. Um, She's been a type 1 diabetic since she was four years old. Mm -hmm. She's always wanted to be an actress because dad was a drama teacher, I think. So <laughs> it was, you know, it was in the blood. And um, she was at the Edinburgh Festival a few years ago wondering uh, what to write a play. She, it inspired her to write something, but she didn't know what she wanted to write. And while she was thinking about it, she had a hypo. And uh, when she came out of her hypo, mm -hmm. uh, she said, that's what I've got to write about. I've got to write yeah. about my type 1 diabetes. And she wrote a one-woman show called Pricks. And Pricks was based on the finger pricks. Yep. And and the real-life hey. pricks that she, has, <laughs> <laughs> that she runs into. And uh, that show was a runaway success. Uh, she ended up doing five national tours. It was voted by the British uh, Theatre Guide as the best one-person show in the U.K., 
and 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 she won awards for it. And then when COVID hit, um, she was wondering what to do because she had to cancel her f- halfway through her fifth tour. She had to cancel the shows. Uh, so she thought we'll make a movie about pricks, and uh, she wrote the movie, and which wasn't a one-woman movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it isn't. It wasn't an exact replica of, of what she'd been doing yeah. as, as as the uh, stage show. Um, and on Sun, I've been here three weeks. I arrived on a on a Tuesday. That previous Sunday, we were at. Um, the Women X Film Awards, which is part of the British uh, Independent Film Foundation, and she won Best Documentary, um, which which is terrific. You know, a British film, uh, a British uh, Independent Film Award. The funny thing about it uh, was we didn't think we'd made a documentary because <laughs> when we saw it nominated in that, uh, I say we because I. Dad threw money at it, yeah, be- and became an executive producer or an executive director, uh, and uh, and ended up in in the credits. And I acted in it. I was going to say, I, I thought you'd been in it too. I yeah. did, but my part ended up on the cutting room oh, floor. Oh no! <laughs> and it wasn't. Any, it, I'm assured it wasn't anything to do with the acting. Yeah. It was the di- the, the director the chose to change the direction of the storyline. And not cover the wedding. Yeah. It was only a small part. I, I, I got over it. <laughs> but we were we, we were amazed when we saw it was in the um the, the, the documentary section. Uh and it was nominated in two other areas. So we thought it's more likely to win in the other two areas. And it won the documentary section and I said, Wow, it's kinda like when the Martian won Best Comedy at the Oscars. <laughs> and the funny thing about it was uh, Toby, the director, wasn't there. So we messaged him and said, we've won Best Documentary. <laughs> he said, what? <laughs> he said, well, I'm very happy, but it, it's it's kind of like when the Martian won. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and everybody burst Never out saw. laughing and said, how, how come you both thought of the yep. same thing? I said, well, you know, <laughs> what they say, great minds, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, she's she's doing really well, and she's written a musical that uh, is about to start touring as well, uh, which is also based on type 1 diabetes because she'd, she'd written a children's book uh, called Daisy Donald, about a six-year-old type 1 diabetic superhero mm-hmm. with an invisible cape. And uh, they've made that into a, a musical for children. Uh, when I say for children, it's it's a small cast of adults. They take it to audiences of children. There'll be a lot of type 1 diabetic children right. in that audience who I think will get a lot of comfort yeah. from that show, knowing that they're not alone. alone exactly. And uh, and and Daisy Donald is their superhero, and they can put on their invisible cape every day, and they can go out and face the world. Yeah, oh, great stuff, great yeah. stuff, no doubt about that. Uh, so um, you, you've talked already about you know some of the plays that you're writing, some of the things that you can be doing. How about uh, the future then? What's what else is out there for you? Oh. Both in England and. I know you'd like to come back and do a few well, things here. I would. I, I I'm working on uh, I'm working on a piece that is a tribute um, 
to a a dear friend of mine, um, Amy Morrison. Oh, <laughs> we we lost two biggies this year. Yeah, get get choked up yeah. again. Um, I don't. I when I joined Sioux Empire Community Theatre, I it was like me auditioning to be in Les Miserables in two thousand and fourteen, mm. and at the first rehearsal, I met this lady with Annie Lennox hairstyle <laughs> and uh, and we got on pretty well and that was Amy of course and uh, and then later on uh, before I became executive director uh, I directed Steel Magnolias and I had 50 ladies sh uh, show up for auditions for that show and it was kind of overwhelming but it was a luxury of choice mm. for a great piece of theatre. And I ended up with the best cast ever, six terrific ladies. And uh, Amy was playing Truvy, the hairdresser. And uh, those six ladies uh, stayed together after the show messaged each other messaged each other every day and they became real life steel magnolias, magnolias yeah. right here in sioux falls and it broke all their hearts when emmy passed me too and uh i was sitting at home in my back garden mm -hmm. in my gazebo uh thinking about um wouldn't it be great if I could write something for those five ladies uh, along the same lines, S the same characters or similar, right? Uh, I wrote it as the same characters, and I thought I might have to make some changes here because Robert Harling, the, the author of Steel right. Magnolias, might have some objections yeah. or whatever. So um, I'd, I'd written it originally as a sequel to Steel Magnolias, and I thought Robert Harling, the author of Steel Magnolias, might object to me mm -hmm. stealing his character. So this this will probably be adapted to just five Southern ladies. But within two hours of having that thought and that idea, Terry Zerfus sent me a, uh, a text message or whatever uh, in England saying, you really need to come back and direct the five of us in something, oh. yeah. And I just thought those moments that happen like that are—I just so thought strong. There's, there's a sign, yeah. You know, somebody above, yeah, might be urging that, uh -huh. yeah. You know? And uh, and so I pulled something together. I was thinking maybe a one-act play, uh, and uh, Terry had an idea about. Uh, another play uh, that's a full-length play that's based on similar characters, mm. and I said, "Well, we're developing a choice, you know, right? We and it, and it's great to have that." So Terry and I and uh, Lisa Barlow Cutter uh, sat down and went through the script that I'd brought, and they enjoyed it, uh, etc. And if if I go ahead with that. It might need more work. Um, it might be that we don't exactly have the full identical cast, but 
close to it or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but I haven't really had much time while I'm here because of so many things that I've got going on uh, to fully follow through that in, in the end, I've sort of, we've been messaging back and forth, Lisa and I, uh -huh. and, I and I'm going to have to have a Zoom meeting when I get back to England, yeah? Yeah, so that, that's one thing, you know, right. going forward. Uh, and, and the rest of it, uh, theatre-wise, will be me hopefully uh, being successful at grabbing a few, uh, you know, theatrical roles, uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, and then while you were here, of course, you know, we were having coffee with some uh, bearded podcaster, and he says, well, what about this show? <laughs> what about this show and so yeah. forth and so you've got other things planted in your mind uh is, is there more room in the mind yet or is it pretty full right now of all these ideas chock full my mind jumps around i'm, I'm a little adhd i think if that's if if i've got the letters in the right order there yes. <laughs> um yeah I, I i i keep getting filled with ideas I, I, I know I'm a little bit different in the sense that I have a lot of creativity going mm -hmm. on in my head, but I'm also very down to earth on a, in business things. So I, you, you, you tend to find that in theater, most nearly all theaters, I would say, in fact, uh, of any size, I'm not talking community theater, um, they have an artistic director and they have a separate uh, executive director. And the artistic director deals with all things production. Right. And the, the executive director usually is the slightly senior because they have the upper hand when it comes to finance. And that is so important, right, to, to, to keep control of the finances. You know, you don't, you don't have money to spend on productions, uh, and you and you end up without a theatre company if you don't manage the finances, and uh, and and I think that's where my strengths were. I uh, I studied theatre, I taught drama in 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 school, and then I went and worked for Xerox, and I ended up running operations for Xerox in the north of England, and I developed a very strong business background, and then I ran my own business helping other businesses and I, I don't normally publicize it but I ended up being nominated for a United Nations Positive Peace Award Whoa. Uh, for all of the positive outcomes that uh, me and my program had delivered into non-profit organizations. Uh -huh. Well, Rick Weiland knew that. So when um, you know he became president of the board and we were looking to get back on our feet, Rick's, Rick approached me and said, would you consider being executive director? Because I had I directed shows, I'd acted in shows. Mm -hmm. He knew I was a theater guy, but he also knew about my business background and my uh, and a lot of my expertise with the nonprofit side of things. So it was, it was a good fit. And, you know, um, and, and that's that would be my advice to um, the Premier Playhouse uh you know, going going forward is um, Oliver Mays. Uh, I I I like Oliver. I um, I hired him 
to be the director of Cabaret. And while he was doing that, uh, he and I talked about working together full time. And I got the board to agree uh, for me to hire him as associate artistic director mm -hmm. uh, to me. And then about a month later, I, um, I resigned. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I resigned uh, because I'd lost my son, my youngest mm. boy, um, just over a year right. prior to that. And you don't, you don't get over things like that. And uh, people at work, I think, thought I was okay. You were because I was Robin Byrne, right. carrying on as as usual. But you know, they don't see you crying in the they shower in the right. mornings, things like that. And I went back to England for a visit, and it just affirmed to me that that's where I needed to be. I needed to be there for the rest of my family, and I needed my family to be there for me. True. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I resigned. The, one of the most enjoyable jobs I've ever had. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, as they said, it was the best of times, and it, it was, was the worst, worst of times. times. <laughs> I had two, you know, tragedies during that, yeah. during that period, and... Um, you know, it's hard to live with that, but but this is why I love the Premier Playhouse. It got me got me through those mm -hmm. times, yeah. And uh and what we did there, what we achieved there was nothing short of remarkable. <laughs> True. Um, you know, we improved the quality of everything so much and we dramatically improved, you know, the financial stuff. And that's where I was going with this. Um, you know, I think the productions are in safe hands, uh, with Oliver. I think, and this is me speaking to the board of directors now going forward, you know, you can't, um, overspend on your production budgets and you can't fail to bring in sponsors mm. and donors. And, you know, I think that, needs a business head to to do that and that's a direct you know it, it splitting my old job into two makes a lot of sense right uh i know it means two salaries right but that extra salary can be paid out of the donations that you bring in i mean in in three years we brought in over half a million dollars in donations mm -hmm. and and four hundred thousand dollars in addition to that um from government grants uh, we did very well out of covid right. you know um and when you do that and then you control those budgets because if you overspend your budgets and you're not raising funding um you get stuck in a rut uh you know that the only difference between a rut and a grave is the depth. Eventually, those funds dwindle, right? Yeah. I'm not saying they're in financial right. difficulty. I no, know they're not. not really. I left them very <laughs> sound indeed. Yeah. But don't let it slide. Right. If you if if we wanna if you wanna get even further and even better, then you've got to 
raise even more money, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, you know, don't fall into the trap of what other community theatres do and what, to be honest, Sue Empire Community Theatre did is uh, get so absorbed in the content and the productions and what's going on uh, that you lose sight of the financial aspect. And, uh, you know, we almost closed almost closed the doors there, you know. Um, and fortunately, uh, you know, I'm not... The, the credit sits with various people. Rick Wyland did an amazing job. Uh, he he got the city to um, take the debt and, and give it to us as an interest-free loan. He got people to forgive debt. He got other people to defer mm-hmm. those debts, right? Um, me and Jesse Jensen, uh, my good pal Jesse. Oh, what a dandy. We... You know, I I knew from day one I wanted to rebrand to the premiere. Well, not I didn't know what I wanted to rebrand it to. I just knew I wanted to rebrand it. And Jesse and I used to sit and talk about it, and we'd go down to Stogie's and have a cigar, and I'd drink my Diet Coke. And I'm sure people think I had a drink problem down there (laughs) because I was always going to Stogie's for a cigar, but... I I hardly ever drink. Right. You know? uh, I've never particularly liked that. I sit and drink my Diet Coke and talk to uh, Jesse. And it was Jesse who said, what about something that has the word playhouse in it uh, mm-hmm. to pay homage to, the- to what's gone before? And I said, yeah, that's, you know, that's a great idea. You know, and I was talking to Premier Bank uh, and I said, uh, you know, trying to get funding out of them. And uh, I said, maybe the Premier Playhouse rolls off the tongue nicely and might help us get some funding, you know. Right. And we did. We go, you know, we, we, we got $100,000 from But I think, and there's an example of what I mean from a business perspective. I asked them for half a million, you know. Right. You've got you to gotta be able to exactly. look them in the eye. True. And, and, and I asked them for half a million, I got 100,000. I asked Denny Sanford for half a million, and I got 100,000 off him separately <laughs> for the Penguin Project, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I will always look back with affection on the Premier Playhouse and wish them nothing but success. I mean, I it's near and dear to my heart. Yeah, no doubt about yeah. it. And you're near and dear to our hearts as well, Robin. Well, and thank you. We wish you the best. And uh, it was so an honor to have you as the first guest. You know, when I yeah. started the program, was getting things ready. I thought it was going to end up like uh, an old radio program that I had done where there'd be all these little segments and so forth. And um, I interviewed you. And after that, I knew, forget all the other schlock, stick the conversations because you find out about people's passions. Yeah. And and I recall you wishing me well on that. And here yeah. we are on the 200th yeah, episode I was now. on your 100th as well. Yes, you were. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. Uh, we're also going to have my 100th guest uh, coming up here. Uh, yeah. But uh, overall, we have interviewed over 300 individuals wow. on this program. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud that uh, I was able to uh, get you as a friend. Yeah, and uh, I I wish you well. Uh, well, thank you. I. Let me. I know a lot of my theatre friends tune into your yes. podcast, and I'm sorry if I didn't get to see you on this visit, but I will be back 
next year for three or four months for some something relating to my uh, my business interests mm-hmm. here. Um, and I promise you I'll catch up with you guys then. All right. Sounds great. And we look forward to when you're back. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Robin. We'll be back with more of the Dave Holly Hour in just a moment. Helping women feel empowered and confident is what Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th does while supplying high-quality clothing that fits your lifestyle, personality, and price point. Whether you want comfy and cozy, casual attire, or something for a special occasion, Posh provides quality, selection, and value. They carry sizes extra small to 3X and have something appropriate for any age. Feel empowered and get confident. Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th. Dr. Perry Langston and Dr. Corey Tooney know excellence is in you. That's why they provide you with excellent care at XL Chiropractic, improving your overall health in spirit, body, mind, and will. Get results the natural way. Arrange a consultation, 605-332-9235 or xlchiros.com. Excellent care for excellent people. XL Chiropractic, located at 4309 South Racket Drive in Sioux Falls. He's a bit flirtatious, but most of all, fun. Once again, here's Dave Holly. Welcome back, everybody. Here we are on our 200th episode. I guess we're doing okay, huh? Well, we're always having fun regardless, and as always, it is always a pleasure to talk Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment. It's always a pleasure to have new guests, but it's always great to have people returning, as is our 100th guest. Miss Alicia Rain, how are you? I'm good, Dave. How are Glad you? Glad to hear that I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, so you are our 100th guest. You ended up uh, coming to the 100th uh, episode party and yep. so forth. And uh, so it's always great to see you and always fun to talk to you. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that we could at least get this in because you are like busy, 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 like a bzz line comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm uh, pretty busy. Um, last week I had two shows. We had Dan Alton come in mm-hmm. on Monday, September 25th, and then it was Thursday. I want to say the 28th was Preston Williams. So I had two big shows all in one week. So that week I was pretty busy, and then I have a lot of stuff coming up. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So tell us, uh, Buzzline Comedy. How did that come about then? Um, I actually used to run a blog, so if you kind of mm-hmm. dig through the annals of the internet, <laughs> you can find the you can find everything's on there forever. Yeah, <laughs> you can find the old blog. Um, it's kind of in bits and pieces now, but I used to do like red carpet interviews with mm-hmm. people, produce those things like that, and I would do like horror events, and I would do comedy events, and um, when I was interviewing somebody, a comedian about comedy and stuff like that, they said, well, it sounds like you know more about comedy than I do. And so I was like, well, why don't I just do comedy myself? Uh-huh. And then when I started doing shows here in Sioux Falls, I just decided to bring back the old brand since it was already a little bit established. So... Yeah, Buzzline Entertainment. Yeah, and uh, so how often are you typically having shows in? Um, At least once a week or 
I have a show for the rest of the year, at least. Uh, it's the last Thursday of the month. Okay. So the next one is going to be October 26th. Uh, and then after that in November, uh, November 30th. All right. And, and uh, <laughs> so on the 26th then, who do you have? I have uh, the hilarious Large Marge. <laughs> um Large Marge is a drag queen uh, who does a lot of comedy around the Midwest. Mm -hmm. uh, they're from Minnesota and they performed here in the past and it's always, always hilarious. And then I have local comedians. Um, Sarah Manson will be performing and um, Derek Quinn is performing as well. That's a kind of a new comedian out there. And then from Sioux City, um, I don't want to get the name wrong. Let me double check before I. Drake second. or. <laughs> no, from oh. from Sioux City, Judas Holmberg. Okay. From Sioux yeah. City. So this is the um, Buzzline Comedy Showcase Halloween Pride edition. So we have uh, people from the LGBTQ plus community right. uh, performing. So that'll be a, a lot of fun. Uh, we're gonna actually going to have um, a booth from Sioux Falls Pride there with their merch. Excellent. Um, and yeah, so it'll are be a you, lot uh, of fun. With that date then, are you also uh, hoping that people show up in costume? Yeah, as the audience members. Yep, audience, and yeah. uh, definitely uh, feel free to dress up in costume. I've got a rainbow bright costume ready to go, so everyone else will be dressed up as well. So it'll be a lot of fun. Little maybe a costume contest. Okay. Yeah. And where's <laughs> this going to take place? That's going to be at Lucky's Bar. All right. Um, almost all of my shows are at Lucky's Bar uh, in the basement in Club Two Two Four. Which actually used to be the old Fat Daddy's yeah, comedy club. That's right. Forgotten about that one. Yep. And then <laughs> and then every Monday is our uh downtown open mic again in Lucky's as well. Sign ups at seven thirty and show starts at eight. So yeah. what night of the week are you not at either an open mic or putting on a show? Um, that remains to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> every Wednesday is Bosses comedy. Um, every other Thursday is Club David open mic, and then there's Windy City Bites. That's the other Thursday, and uh, just other mixed open mics around the right. around the city. So, yeah, tonight Tuesday there's a mixed open mic at Wiley's. Okay, so yeah, because I was gonna say I know Wiley's has had some of the past, but. Uh... Theirs is more the mixed, right? You know, yeah. You can play guitar or just read poetry or whatever you want to do. Yeah, music, anything. Yeah. So, How has uh, the attendance been, not just in terms of the comics, uh, but how has attendance been in terms of audience when it's come to the open mics? Um, summertime is uh, kind of a hard time. Uh, if it's very warm out, uh, we don't get as much, but mm -hmm. uh, we've started getting... A little bit more appreciation from Sioux Falls in general. We've had just some some people just kind of walking in off the street, seeing our sign outside of Lucky's. So uh, definitely, <laughs> popularity has gone up. Yeah. Oh, well, and uh, I'm sure that a lot of that as well is the fact that uh, you're 
pretty darn good at that social media thing. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, because it's it's keeping it top of mind awareness, uh, but it's not overkill. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, yep. I, I know some people will just boom, 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 boom. They've got to have something every hour and so forth. But yours is well-timed and uh, make sure that the people are thinking about it. Uh, and uh, what is it about comedy that's doing so well right now then? Um, well, we've got just some comedians in general that are doing really well. Uh, for instance, like Matt Rife, he'll be coming into town mm -hmm. in February and there's like a big boom in audience work kind of because of his social media presence and all the audience work that he does in his social media so I think that's part of the popularity right now. And actually, February 15th, the week before Matt Reif comes to Sioux Falls, I'll be doing my own all-female, non-Matt uh -huh. Reif show at Lucky's. <laughs> so look for that. A good play on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well done. Well done. What is it about comedy that makes you want to be on stage? I love writing comedy for me like when i'm you know brainstorming doing things like that and then like the punchline just kind of like you know just makes so much sense mm -hmm. uh that it's just such a good feeling so my favorite part about comedy is writing but i also you know like being on stage because it's a different version of myself you know uh maybe like a more authentic version of myself. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, so when you got into comedy, did you think you would be at this point? Not at all. Not at all. Cause I was doing um, comedy in California. So I was, um, you know, doing open mics, running right. around, um, you know, and I had put down comedy for a while because of moving back here. But um since picking it back up, it's been it's been great. Yeah. And I think being in the Midwest um, gives me a different uh, amount of stage time. Like, True. yeah, when when you're in like the bigger city, you're mm -hmm. competing with a lot of people. But in the Midwest, you're able to get a little bit more actual show time uh, rather than just, just open mic opens. time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and I know that uh, you have, uh, you know, like a film background as well, and that you've done a lot. And how does all of that work into your writing and then eventually what's going to be on stage? I have a degree in film studies from the University of Minnesota. And so I um, just have a writing background in general because that's part of my degree was watching movies and writing papers about mm -hmm. them. So uh, very illustrious, uh, BA and BS, as I like <laughs> to call it. Um, so, you know, just having a good base of uh, just writing in general mm. and English comp and things like that, um, you know, is part of my comedy. I think I have a subtler punchlines and um, grenade jokes, you know, where you <laughs> right. say the punchline yep. and it takes the audience a second to get it. So <laughs> I think just having that background. Um, and has, you're fine with that. Ha yeah, yeah. Has, has shaped my humor for sure. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, because, you know, some people be like, 
I, I know what is the rule that uh, you want to get, be getting a laugh like every nine seconds or something. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and they they if they don't feel things immediately, they're like, oh my, and then they start to do the self-deprecation stuff and so forth. And it's like, no, dude, you were funny. It just you know maybe people didn't need to gut laugh at that time or something. Give yourself credit for what you did do. Where yeah. was it in your career then, uh, being a comic? that you kind of said, you know what, I've been through the heckles, I've uh, done the bombing, and I feel comfortable, and, and this is what makes me who I am. Uh, great question. I love it. Uh, as I um, stall for time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also love sketch writing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with my film history and then also with being on um, public access. I was on public access for a little bit. There's a lot of, um, you know, sketch writing and filming right. sketches and things like that. So, you know, that's what I uh, enjoy doing. I think that as a comedian and as a writer, I'm always evolving. Like I'm not settled and saying mm -hmm. I'm, I'm done, you know, like it's always a process. I'm always learning. I'm going to be taking some sketch writing classes and things like that. I'm never satisfied right. with the results. So. In, in fact, uh, how often are you putting in new material? Um, I try to write, like do like little 10 minute bursts, like at least three times a week. Wow. So I want to get to like writing every day, uh -huh. but you know, I do try to set, set a little bit of time aside, um, at least three times a week to focus on writing things like that. And then I also, uh, am working on, um, doing jokes about the news. Like I have some videos on my TikTok that are like buzzline news. Right. So doing jokes specifically about the headlines, things like that. So that's yeah. also what I'm writing jokes about. <laughs> Uh, where are you hoping that uh, your comedy and your producing of comedy shows goes? I've uh, made a couple of live showcases mm -hmm. uh, that can be seen on YouTube, and then I and then the one in February is going to be another live show that will be also recorded, and so I'm hoping to do these as pilots to do as like a parody show so hopefully hopefully late night morning talk show <laughs> Stephen colbert if you're out there um <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were instrumental during covid in keeping comedy available as you started to put together just some workshops and and so forth and um how successful was that for you and how beneficial was it to you as well? I appreciate um, that statement, Dave. <laughs> Instrumental. Um, I wasn't. I I was part of a bigger uh, group of people. Uh, you know, I was part of Zoom comedy, mm -hmm. which was comedians from literally all over the world keeping their own comedy scene going online. And, um, you know, there was just so many open mics and so many comedians wanting to practice their material. So we just kept comedy alive online. And 
um, you know, for me, that was kind of the base of starting to produce comedy shows because I right. um, did the same thing there. I would produce comedy shows specifically for a Zoom audience and I would get it was um, called the Wish You Were Here Comedy Showcase. Mm -hmm. And so I would get people from very specific areas of the country all on one show and, you know, bring it as a little snapshot of that area. Uh, and their comedy style to the rest of the world. So, yeah, I think I think Zoom was very important part of my life and uh, an important part of a lot of comedians' lives during that because there wasn't uh, a social outlet yeah. at all. And this and this was an outlet for us in a lot of ways. Yeah. So. Well, locally, you were very instrumental in it then. I'll put it that way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> uh, when you talk about doing open mics, how do you approach that? Are you one of those that goes in there and like, I'm just going to try new material each time and see how it goes? Or are you going to rework something? Or, or what's your way of approaching an open mic? I um, consider it to be practice mm -hmm. uh, makes perfect. And so, you know, I think some people have that mentality like, oh, I need m new material. And it's just like I need to have a fantastic set for my show that's coming up, mm -hmm. the show that people pay money at. So, um, yeah, I'll get out new material. But uh, for me, it's just practicing and, and perfecting jokes that I already have written. So. If you put uh, everything together, how long of a show would you have on your own? I have at least forty-five minutes. I've I've okay. headlined a couple of times, mm -hmm. um, but right now I'm I'm really working on featuring so I can perfect my headline. You know, so doing a twenty-minute set this time, and then the next time doing a completely different twenty-minute set. So I can have a full hour yeah. ready to go. So um, I'll do it. My next headline gig is going to be January 6th uh, in Aberdeen at Hub City. Okay. So yeah. where are you playing the most? At Lucky's. <laughs> yeah, because of the open mics and then the at least once a month. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, beyond that, then where do you like going? Um, I go to Omaha a lot. Yeah. There's a big backline. comedy. Uh, backline. Uh, and then the Blackstone Theater is mm -hmm. out there, uh, and there's um, the Dubliner. That's another place oh, I yeah, performed before. Oh, yeah, I love before. the Dubliner. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a great scene out there, yeah. and um, I get a lot of stage time, so I'll go there quite often. Sioux City is another mm -hmm. great town. A Siouxland Comedy, they, they put me up, so... Right now, that's where I'm at, but I'm hoping to expand. Yeah, well, I was going to say, with expansion, though, what would be the next step? What what type of city would you be looking at then? Um, I think a lot of people go south. I think I'm I'm more looking to go north. Like Fargo has a little okay. bit of a scene, and um, Bismarck I think has a little bit of a scene. So that and Minnesota area, just trying to just expand in general. <laughs> what was it that first got you interested in being a comic? Um, well, uh, like I said, that, um, 
you know, that moment where somebody said to me, you know, well, it sounds like you know more about uh-huh. comedy than I do. But growing up, my grandparents, um, I lived with them for a little while. They had HBO. And so... Saw some of the specials then. All of them. (laughs) Yep. I saw all of those one night stands when I wasn't supposed to be watching those. Um, (laughs) Every comic relief I watched when I was a kid. A&E, VH1 stand-up spotlight. So, yeah, I watched all of those guys come up. Like, I watched Bill Maher when he had hair. (laughs) So, so yeah, I've just been always a fan. I've always watched it. SNL, the state, the kids in the hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who did you admire out of the uh, comics that were doing stand up? Um, honestly, early Ellen, mm-hmm. you know, before her talk show, right. I always thought she was so funny. She was so clever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dana Gould. Um, he was so funny. He wrote for the Ben Stiller show. Mm-hmm. There were some really great sketches on that. And then his standup was hilarious. And I still like, you know, I follow his podcast uh, and stuff like that. And then, you know, as I got a little older, um, Maria Bamford uh, has definitely been like a huge influence on my comedy as an adult. So yeah. Are our younger comics coming up to you now and saying, you know, can you give me some pointers and so forth? Are they seeking advice? Yeah. Yep. They, um, you know, we've got some some new people that are in the scene and they, you know, are definitely very excited to be there. And so I just give them encouragement and give them advice and, and you know, just encourage them to come back. You know, we've mm-hmm. got some. People who are uh, not quite able to come to the bar, but I'm like, you know, just just go to the ones that, you know, that are. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, we'll get you. We'll get you into Lucky's when you turn of age. So, (laughs) yeah, it has to be tough right now for somebody that's, you know, out of high school in Mm -hmm. college, but not of 21. And it's like, where can I go and do this then? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, otherwise, uh, you know, so thankful that you are keeping things going quite well here in Sioux Falls with Buzzline and the open mics that you go to and the shows that you're producing. And uh, wish you, of course, the, the best of luck all the way the rest of the line in your career on that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I always like to finish with a, a couple of standard questions. When you are not part of the arts and entertainment scene, what do you like to be entertained by? Uh, I'm a big horror movie fan. Um, I've uh, made a couple of horror shorts. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's a movie coming out where it's kind of like Back to the Future, where she goes back to the 80s to like solve her an old slasher crime. Uh-huh. I think it's I think it's coming out on Amazon Prime. I'm not sure with. Uh, Sabrina. <laughs> so yeah, I'm a, I'm a big horror fan and it's either horror or comedy. It's, there's no in between really. So yeah. So docudrama's out, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not a, I'm not a big true crime fan. Like I would prefer it to be fictional. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. And then of course the, uh, the last one then is any other hobbies? Um, I have plants. <laughs> there plants, you go. That's a hobby. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Fantastic. Alicia Rain, always a pleasure. Thank you so much 
Appreciate your time and being on the show. Thank you so much, Dave. Appreciate it. Are you an artist? Need some funding to further your art? There's a great opportunity for you through a Sioux Falls Arts Council program. The Artist Microgrant program gives away several microgrants to local artists, no matter what art discipline you're in. Unlike more traditional grants, a microgrant is very easy to apply for. Go to artssuefalls.org. If you haven't done so yet, create a listing on the artist directory, which is beneficial in its own way. Then go to the Artist Microgrants page and apply online. The process is simple. Find out more about the Sioux Falls Arts Council as well online at artssuefalls.org. Check out the new ceramic studio in Sioux Falls, conveniently located off Kiwanis Avenue on 5th Street, TJS Ceramics. Inside Oscar's mini storage, bisque, studio time, painting parties, and finished items are available. Visit TJS Ceramics Studio in Sioux Falls today. It's the podcast that creatives in the Sioux Empire listen to so they can learn more about other creatives. It's the Dave Holly Hour. All right, everyone. Welcome to the 200th episode of the Dave Holly Hour. Woo-hoo. Woo! I am Axel Osteen. You may formerly know me as Sonia Osteen. I've had a rebranding of sorts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I, uh, Dave is going to be on the opposite side of this interview today. How about that? You get to ask questions of me. Yeah. Yeah. So how does 200 episodes feel? Fan freaking tastic Did you think you were going to be here still? I had no clue. Yeah. Uh, you know, we joke, my wife thought it was going to be three. All I know is that when it uh, was episode number one, I said, I hope to make it a weekly thing, but I'm not going to make any promises because mm-hmm. uh, the previous decade, I had a lot of different things happen. Yeah. In, in terms of what what can take place in life, it's just, you know, here's what I want to do. I don't know. Uh, but then I made a second one, uh, and then all of a sudden I'm into a month, and it kept going, and I kept meeting new people that I wanted to have on the show. It's like I got to get to them, too. Uh, and, in fact, right now uh, I have a list of 26 people that I've just run into in the past couple of weeks. Oh, wow. That haven't been on that I've said, we got to get you on at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so th- there's plenty of shows to come, I have the feeling. Yeah. So what was the genesis of this podcast? Well, I had been uh, at uh, Kello AM Radio uh, 2000 to 2005. Then a new company came in and got rid of seven of us the first day. Uh, so just kind of did some part-time stuff, a little freelance work. Uh, for a few years, then an opportunity came up uh, at the other radio stations, and uh, it didn't take long to get let go by that because that's when the recession was coming through, uh, and I was the last on, so first off, mm. and I think they got rid of close to thirty people. Oh wow! Yeah, so it was it was tough. So then I actually got a, a job. Uh, that I still have to this date. An actual job. <laughs> An actual job uh, with benefits and so nice. forth. Uh, nice. And I've been at the Citibank now for 11 and a half years. Okay. And, but just started going part-time. Oh. Because I'm uh, preparing myself for retirement. And what I want to do in retirement is do lots of podcasting, oh, lots of voice work, cool. audio production and so forth. So taking the time to, to get acclimated to have that. Um, that's amazing. But uh, I had I had wanted to do, uh, you know, a show similar to what I had done uh, at uh, Kellow AM. So I had all these different segments I had planned. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but the one thing that I knew when I started it was I just want to talk to people about their passion. Mm-hmm. And the first interview that I had was Robin Byrne. And he is back on this episode. <laughs> uh, and uh, Robin is just, uh, one of those class guys. And uh, he had wished me well at that time. And I thought, well, that's, you know, nice. And yeah. we had a great conversation, went over half an hour. And so I was like, you know, I don't need all these different little segments. Stick to what you really enjoy. So I try to have a couple of guests on uh, each week. So what inspired the arts and entertainment side of it? I guess that was kind of interesting because, you know, I I grew up uh, in a small town, Rock Rapids, not too far from here. And uh, in a small town, in school, you do everything. Uh, you're in sports, you're in band, yep. you're in chorus, mm-hmm. uh, all of that. And, uh, you know, the one thing that I've held on to um, ever since I graduated in 1981 is my Louis Armstrong Jazz Award. Oh. All the athletic stuff, the letterman's jacket, all that, long, long gone. Um, but I, I have that. That's the thing I'm the most proud of. And I, I just keep thinking of. Uh, my love of jazz and how jazz is such an American music mm-hmm. form. Uh, and I, I like the art of it. I like the improv, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, kind of equate that to an abstract painting. Sure. Um, and so I thought, you know, let's just let's just run with that. Uh, because when I was at Kello, I loved those interviews the most. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's just always... You get such great feeling out of talking to people in the arts and entertainment mm-hmm. and great stories. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so sad news. Yes. So most of you know, um, I was I started uh, Sodak Music Magazine, and that is how I kind of ran into Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we found out we live like three blocks from each other. <laughs> um and yeah, so you know, sometimes art stuff you try it and it doesn't work out, and that's mm. kind of what happened with the magazine because uh, you know, you gotta yeah. eat, it, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it was very well received and everything. But like, you know, if you can't make money, then sometimes you just kind of go, regrettably, but yeah. you know. I always uh, think of things and keep them in the back of my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe there's going to be a return of that. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe yeah. something's going to flourish from it later. Yeah. And it's it's not even, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like if I wouldn't have tried, I would always wonder. It right. One of those yeah. things. So I'm glad that I did it. But anyway, um, Dave and I have had many conversations about uh, music and all of that well definitely and and my favorite uh, thing about you is your photography which Mm -hmm. you're you're sticking with yes i am sticking with the photography excellent because uh you still and and we have a lot of good photographers (laughs) in this town but when it comes to capturing somebody on stage nobody takes a better picture than you oh that's so kind yeah and (laughs) well it goes back to my own love of photography because uh when i was in high school i thought i was going to be a photographer before sure somebody said hey you got a nice voice you ever thought about doing radio um and uh, there was a, a book about freelance photography and i will never forget a black and white picture of a guitarist on stage and the lights behind him the mm-hmm. stage lights and it's like, it's black and white, but I know those colors. Mm-hmm. And I've always been fascinated by that. And, yeah. And when I see your work, 
that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, and I I do like putting mine in black and white. I just yeah. I feel like there's just something about it that I don't know. It just even though there's no color in it, I just feel like it's they're better somehow. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've always loved it. I I took a a, a picture uh, one time of um, the nativity scene that my folks always had for years, and I made that into an eight by 10 black and white okay and it was gorgeous yeah i bet yeah and a little star filter so the the light that was behind it yeah yeah really really thought that was cool but are you still doing photography i'm getting back into it oh good yes, including a camera i bought from you not too long ago oh yeah my garage sale <laughs> yeah <laughs> and still iso in search of the pentax k1000 oh yeah yeah because that yeah. was the first camera I purchased with my own money. So you're gonna be you're gonna do film. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, I'm still gonna do it. I realize it's expensive, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, so podcasting. <laughs> True. Yeah. True. Um, so, did you come out of the womb with this voice of yours? Uh, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, you know one of those funny things that uh, people always ask you know. Where did you get that great voice? Right. And so I joke with them and say, well, I got it at a Walmart. It was on the top shelf. They had a rollback <laughs> one day for 1988. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. God-given or something. Right. That was just DNA. Yeah. yeah. Came out of the womb, singing, talking. <laughs> you knew you were going to Not be so much radio. singing because uh, <laughs> my older siblings already had that mastered. Sure. So I went with the, I'll be the speaker then. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So tell me about all of your projects around town. You have so oh, many projects. Wow, do I ever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so besides this, uh, I also happen to be the host of Midtown Coffee Radio mm -hmm. Hour, uh, which is a fantastic podcast and a great experience because every one of those we record live in front of an audience. Mm -hmm. And we They're just super have, fun. Super yeah, fun. we have such a great time with it. And uh, I have the best seat in the house. I sit there over on the stage right uh, toward the front a little bit. And so I get a great view of each person in that band. And I always think of my friend Mike Hendrickson, who is uh, always said, live music is good for the soul. Mm -hmm. And what I have found is they will play a tune that, yeah, I've heard on the radio before didn't really it didn't make me go ooh, what a great song mm -hmm. and then i hear it done live and it's like that's an awesome song right and and i love how that works and then also because i get to see them and i take a look at them and the joy that is in their faces mm -hmm. as they're playing or singing is fantastic and the last one that i always look back at is tyson Kahn, the drummer and he gives me this little nod, Aww. like, isn't this cool? <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. And then you do your trivia at Chasers. Yeah, trivia at Chasers on a Monday night. Mm -hmm. uh, that goes over quite well. We change things up, different themes. Uh, in fact, coming up next week, it's not going to be a theme. It'll be general, but we're going to play Cheaters Trivia again. Oh. All the rules that we normally say about you can't use your phone, you can't talk oh. to any other team, uh, all of that, throw them out the window. But the caveat is the fact that it is timed and there's no repeats of, well, did you miss a question earlier? Sure. Nothing like that. And then we'll still throw a couple of things in there at the end that they better be ready for. Okay. Uh, and then let's see. What else? Oh, 
Late night booming. Late night booming. Late night booming is uh, one of my favorite things to do. I get to play a character named Mr. Potter. Oh, okay. And he's a crotchety old man uh, that's still living back in the 30s and (laughs) in a wheelchair. And he is the uh, supposed producer of the show. Okay. And he's always complaining about the uh, host and all the guests using up all the budget of $10. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when is that coming back? Uh, that'll come back after the first of the year. Okay. Yeah, so okay. in uh, 2024, we'll have that. Okay. Uh, and uh, wish me luck. Next week, I happen to be auditioning for Premier Premieres oh, at the Premier Playhouse. Nice. I did last year, but it was just a, a small part, and I actually got to read my script because I was a 1940s, hard to believe, radio announcer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you were I, born I to play the role yeah but yeah. Uh, i i was asked to read for another one that was in the finals and uh, sure enough the one that i was in got chosen nice and so it's like wow do i do i want to do this mm. and i got to looking at the part once again and reading it over thinking you know this is one i can handle i normally don't like to because i'm i'm so afraid I don't have stage right by any means. I'm just afraid of forgetting my lines all the time because oh, I'm sure. 60. <laughs> and that happens sure. in life. Right. Uh, but it's like, okay, you know, here's another part of that equation of, uh, you know, going to part time is that now I will have time to study things like that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just have a have a blast and, and enjoy life. Like you said, you know, the magazine maybe didn't work out, mm-hmm. but you would have wondered afterward. Yep. What if I hadn't done that? Mm-hmm. So that that's going to be mine. What if I hadn't tried out for that? Yeah, totally. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, let's see. What else is going on? Oh, uh, we happen to have a, a variety show called The Vaudies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the uh, we finally got the date set for the fall. Okay. November 16th. It's a Thursday. Venue is still TBD. Okay. Uh, but it'll be at 730 on that night and uh, variety of entertainment we okay. have fun we get frivolous <laughs> and we're going to introduce a new act to it oh yes okay mirth and merry mint <laughs> oh my couple of characters that came out of a misspelling of mine of the word mirth oh so we're gonna have a little play with that Sure. Yeah. Uh, and let's see, I do some voiceover work. Uh, you'll occasionally see me on a uh, commercial mm-hmm. uh, sometime. But, sure. Um, but just trying to do something all the time. In fact, now co-authoring a book as well. Oh, my goodness. Yes. What is it about? It's about a rom-com about two writers on a rom-com series. Oh. Oh, who are you doing that with? Uh, a wonderful lady by the name of Emerson Park. Okay. She's got uh, three books out and working on her fourth. Okay. Uh, and uh, we're going to be uh, co-authoring. And now that I've got this time again, that's one of yeah, the other things I've got to work exciting. on. Yeah, that's exciting. So fun. very excited about that. When is that supposed to be done? Oh, that'll be a drafted. while yet. Yeah. yeah. You know, because first of all, she's got uh, her fourth book she's writing. Okay. And it's going to take me a a little bit to get caught up here okay and have you ever written a book before i have not oh. you know written some short stories it's exciting uh and uh, you know just written things in general sure. essays but uh so this 
new adventure again. Cool. So semi-retirement, you said you're going to do more podcasting. Are you going to do more of this show or are you going to do other shows? Uh, be producing others. Oh. That's, that's the goal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've got a, a couple in mind uh, already. Okay. Uh, and then also some uh, people that want to be able to rent my space uh, for either recording their own okay. uh, or recording some voice work that they want to pass along. Okay. Yeah. All right. So how does that, how does... What does a podcast producer do? Explain it to me. Like, uh, I don't podcast know. producer is the person that uh, will take all of that uh, interview stuff or whatever form they have uh, and will make sure that it sounds great. Uh, so audio engineer is part of it, but also be the one responsible for knowing what is the type of uh, background music should be here? Mm -hmm. Do we need any special effects thrown in? Okay. Do we uh, need to have some different voice voice the intro and the outro uh are you taking breaks for commercials or just a straight through sure uh you know what what's going to benefit you by having a, a 15 minute a 30 minute mm -hmm. or an hour type show okay um and also you know just making sure that all the equipment works at the mm -hmm. right time and, sure. and putting it all together and then of course once that's uh, all edited it's all finished then you got to post it mm -hmm. and make sure it gets out there somewhere so how so you were in radio for a long time yeah it how do radio and podcasting are they different same they are different okay you go into podcasting if you've been in radio thinking oh, i'm just going to do this radio show again right doesn't work that way okay yeah uh you, you'll find your niche very quickly and you're not going to have uh despite the fact that uh, you know Every company that wishes for you to podcast with them mm -hmm. will say, you know, if you get 1,000 downloads per episode on Apple, mm -hmm. then you'll get some money. Uh, yeah, I'm not <laughs> counting on anything from that. Right, In fact, uh, right. the local sponsors I have, I treat them very well. I make $24 a week on my podcast. Okay. Which is enough to place it on a site and also to have its own website. Nice. Uh, but what it has done for me mm -hmm. is it's grown my audio production business. Mm -hmm. Santa Claus had Santa a, Claus. a really great year the past uh, two years uh, and all the other little bit pieces that I get here and there to uh, work with other people. Uh, so that's where the podcast has paid off for me. But sure. uh, when it comes to actually putting it together, you know, a lot of radio stations say, or you can uh, listen to our podcast, which is basically a repeat mm -hmm. or just, you know, some highlight out of it. Sure. Um, and that's all well and fine. But, you know, there are over 300,000 uh, podcasts in the United States. Um, so unless you're the Joe Rogans or sure. the big, big, big genre of true crime. Mm. Oh, that's that's the one that sells. You should do a true crime one. Your voice. <laughs> I feel like you would be good at that. Well, I, I did the intro and the outro for Mo Hurley's Fear Falls, oh. which is a fictional one that she writes about okay. the things, you know, back uh, like 40s and so forth mm -hmm. um, and, and had a blast with that. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's you find it, you accept what you get. Mm -hmm. You know, the first episode I did, I you know, it comes out right after midnight and i was still up and so i was like oh wow oh, wow there's the download woke up in the morning 26 wow you know, i'm just going crazy about <laughs> mm -hmm. it all and then uh the second episode included bob wendland from goodnight theater and he had when he shared it he hashtagged every single person 
that he had mentioned in his interview and had 76 in the first hour. Oh, my goodness. Because <laughs> it just went crazy with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's really interesting, because I've had 300 plus individual guests, uh, wow. a total of about 550 uh, total interviews, but over 300 individual guests. And then when they share it with their family and friends on Instagram, Facebook, etc., each week, episode number one gets another download. Oh, probably because, yeah, they want to see where it all began. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay. And then what's nice is about the uh, website that I have it on currently, uh, they have a search bar for it. So you can search. Mm-hmm. You want to search Goodnight Theater. It'll tell you what times different people from that were on there. You want to search one actor or director. Oh, sure. And then it'll say which episodes they were in. Okay. And so that's very handy. I, I like that feature of it now. Nice. Uh, and uh, that particular website is just uh, so much easier uh, because they take it off of the feed uh, from Podbean, which is where I mm-hmm. upload it to. And so the intro that I wrote there just correlates over to that they make it look good uh on their uh, formatting of it and that saves about 45 minutes the next morning nice yeah nice um tell me about santa claus when do you start being santa claus again oh uh anytime yeah, <laughs> yeah. i've already got one booking and okay. uh, i will probably wait until uh after we get back from our vacation okay where are you going Going to Nashville. Oh. Yeah. My sister lives in a suburb called Mount Juliet. Okay. And so we're going to go down and visit uh, her family. And uh, my wife has never been east of the Mississippi. So we're Oh, driving. my goodness. Yeah. That's exciting. And take it a full week. So sure. it'll be Tuesday to a Tuesday. And uh, we'll have a great time going to all sorts of places. And yes, as many people know, I do like Jack Daniels. And uh, we are <laughs> taking a side trip one day to Lynchburg. Oh. Oh. I'm sure that uh, we'll come back with several different things. <laughs> uh, but uh, after that, uh, then we'll start, uh, you know, putting out the publicity for it that I will be raring and ready to go. Yeah. Um, and uh, Santa Claus is the thing that I like. You know, I'm, I'm for hire for, you know, just sitting there for pictures mm-hmm. uh, and so forth. Uh, but the one that I really love and... Susan McGowan uh, from town here uh, is the first one that when I first really started to do Santa, she saw me and she hired me then uh, to come out to their house and uh, to Santa Claus for all of her grandchildren. Oh, wow. And it was so neat because she wrote up a paragraph about each one of them. Oh. And... I kept it year to year so I could go in and say, oh, oh, my goodness. You know, two years ago, you wanted to be an astronaut. Last oh. year, a cowboy, and now you want to be a pirate. Oh. You know, and, and just all the little things oh, that do cool. to sell it mm-hmm. is uh, so much better. And uh, so I did that family for 14 years. I did another family for 15 years. And uh, now I've got some others that, you know, we're starting a tradition with as well. Nice. Yeah. And it's just, uh, that's the thing that I sell my Santa service on Mm. is the fact that I'm not just going to go in and take a look at the name tag and hand Mm -hmm. it out. Uh, 
I'm going to talk about them. Sure. You know, and, and talk about things that, you know, nobody else should really know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. So next week marks four years officially of this podcast. Yes. Yeah. The 10th. Where do you see yourself in another four years? Hopefully still doing it. Hopefully still doing yeah, it. I, I know. Are there enough people in Sioux Falls? All right. <laughs> Boy, are there. <laughs> yeah, I've got, uh, I have enough just on a list of people that I've talked to the past couple of weeks, like I told you, sure. to fill 13 weeks. Wow. And there's more beyond that. Wow. And in that time, sure. I'm going to see new acts. I'm going to see new people on stage or mm -hmm. new people playing music or new art. And it'll be like, oof, <laughs> got to add them to the list too. So did you meet people at uh, Supercon over the weekend? You had a booth there, right? I did have a, a booth, and uh, it wasn't a huge sale for me in terms of merchandise. Didn't sure. expect it to be. Sure. Because, you know, people go to Supercon, they're not looking to uh, pick up one of my hats or a sure. bag. Sure. Uh, but uh, they do stop mm -hmm. and get very curious. And uh, so over the weekend, uh, last week's show bumped up quite a bit. Okay. Um, and then as well... Uh, I was near all the authors. Oh, and, sure. And um, one of them asked me to uh, send my voiceover demo to him. Oh. Because he may be thinking about using me to narrate one of his books. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, that it is. Do people still do, so this is just a random question, do you know if people still do like book trailers? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've done one in the past. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a good friend of mine that uh, wrote a baseball book okay. about no hitters uh, here in town, Dirk, and uh, it was fun to do. And then I happened to be in the hospital like a, a month or two after it came out. And so Dirk brings me it and autographed it. And he's a Mets fan, and I'm a Cubs fan. And he says, I'll even root for the Cubs as long as they're not playing the Mets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I did a um, my first book that came out like ten years ago. I did a book trailer for it, and it was uh, before people were really doing it. And yeah, yeah, I think it had like something like ten thousand views or something, which awesome. was crazy. Yeah. yeah, I just didn't know if people were still doing that. I haven't been paying attention. Yeah. You don't see it a lot because there's so much focus on the actual Audible. Yeah, and so forth. Yeah, uh, Audible wasn't yeah. huge back then. So oh my goodness, you know, and they're the ones that now set the standards yeah. on on what your levels and so forth have to be yeah don't they have like actual like actor famous actors like yeah, acting out books and stuff yeah. now yeah that's crazy you should do that you should be an actor that's, in a book. I, that's what i'm trying to get to oh <laughs> okay yeah because i've uh well when i was in third grade i think that was the first imitation i did of okay. a celebrity. I did W.C. Fields. Oh, yes. I went to Philadelphia once, <laughs> but it was closed. And then the next one, the president at the time, <sighs> I am not a crook. <laughs> Richard Milhouse Nixon. Yeah. yeah. And it just kept going from there. But, <laughs> um, but now I'm thinking of just trying to do more voices instead because mm -hmm. most of the people that, uh, that I do impressions of i don't like to say imitations mm -hmm. i say impressions because i'm not perfect mm -hmm. and and anybody that says they are perfect you know they're they're barking up the wrong tree uh, -huh. uh but so i do impressions but most of those people have now left this earth okay <laughs> somebody says i'm going to do impressions only of dead people <laughs> <laughs> and i i said 
That's because there are no John Waynes mm. or Jimmy Stortz anymore. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember them. I'm not that I'm not that young. I do remember. Yeah. That. Um so how do you so um I've one of my gigs, I don't know if that you know this, I do school portraits. Yes. And so um I I get to just make a fool of myself in front of little kids all day, which is great. Um but I have a question about how do you keep your voice like nice and crisp because my so my voice is naturally this timber. Right. Yeah. But when I'm talking to little kids, I go up like an octave. Oh, yeah. And so my throat is like sore, sore a lot more. Yeah, because yeah. I'm yelling stinky feet at kids, <laughs> you know, and whatnot. And I'm just wondering, like, what do you do to keep your voice like? Well, I you know drink, that's your I money drink a maker. lot of Diet Coke, but yeah. uh, I have a lot of ice in it. Okay. And so the ice helps soothe. Okay. Uh, also, uh, I use the Halls, not their cough drops, but the vitamin C drops. Oh. And, okay. Uh, I almost every time that I'm in the kitchen, I pick up another one and uh, suck on that. So that and then I also have a, a bottle of a spray um, okay. that uh, keeps everything loose. Also, you know, just keeps you away from having dry mouth. And, okay. And things like that. Okay, it's probably similar to like a singer. Yeah. 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 Okay. You ever drink milk? I know. Like, I've known singers that like drink milk before no no that's really? that's a really tough thing to do yeah, yeah i just i feel like you'd get more flimmy yes you do yeah, yeah i don't know so if you do drink milk before a performance you better drink a bunch of water after right it. yeah yeah i don't know maybe they did it after performing maybe yeah. that was i don't know anyway um i don't know what else to ask you well you've asked quite a bit i know minutes worth really yeah Hmm. Okay, you got to ask me the uh, two questions I always ask at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, about uh, when you're not part of the arts and entertainment, what do you like to be entertained by, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. Okay. What do you do? What do you? What are your hobbies when you're not in the arts and entertainment doing your thing? Uh, I am usually just puttering. Puttering? <laughs> yeah, I do like to read. Haven't had a bunch of time for it sure. uh, lately. But, you know, obviously we just love going out uh, and taking in everything oh yeah uh, i always see pictures yep, of you are, and your wife out. yeah we are constantly at uh either live music or we're uh taking in somebody's uh art exhibit we're uh sitting down there at um you know uh any one of the breweries that my wife loves <laughs> uh and uh, hoping that there's some live music and what's then- your favorite brewery in town hers would happen to be wood grain wood grain okay. yes okay. Uh, because uh, a dear friend of mine is one of the owners there, and so that's how I ended up starting her there. Okay. Uh, but uh, because of my diabetes, I can't drink beer. Oh, sure. Yeah, I can drink six Jack Daniels and Diet Cokes with lime all night long. Is that your favorite drink? That's it. And <laughs> the next morning, my blood sugar will only be 106. I drink one beer, and the next morning, it's 250. Oh, sure. That's yeah. weird. So I... I, I don't get to, yeah, yeah, and I just don't get to, uh, but I still go there and have, you know, some other stuff. Sure, and, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, you sure. know, to benefit the local people, because that's mm-hmm. one thing I'd love, is local, local, local. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I so want people to succeed, and somewhere along the line, um, about 20 years ago, we became kind of this angry, like, you know, Profit's a dirty word. Mm. You know, nobody should make any money. 
So I'm going to go in there and I'm going to knock them down and make sure I get this for their cost. Mm. Oh, that store closed six months later. What happened? Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, so I want people to succeed. I want to do whatever I can to help them succeed. Mm -hmm. Uh, and in turn, I hope that they wish the same for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, in fact, I started writing down in, in one of my journals, um, I have a list of what I call believers. You know, not people that say, hey, you know, good for you and so forth, but that truly understand what I'm mm -hmm. hoping to do and they support me mm -hmm. in that and they believe that I can do it. Yeah, not people saying, when are you going to get a real job? Right, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, because we like, all go through that. That we do. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, I, I love this. The just uh, I saw that on a meme a while back, and you can read that to the uh, audience yeah, if you'd like. Yeah, so Dave's got this thing. It says the creative process. Number one, this is awesome. Number two, this is tricky. Number three, <laughs> this sucks. Number four, I suck. Number five, this might be okay. Number six, this is awesome. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, the, so the self-doubt that uh, any creative goes through. Yeah. Whew, it's brutal. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, I say I suck a lot. Yeah, I, 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 I've used more I have a colorful language well, about yes. myself. Yeah. Well, yes, yes, me too. Yeah. But that's that's a, you know yeah. calmer. <laughs> no, but you know, just uh, just getting out and about. Um, I'm a huge Chicago Cubs baseball fan. Okay. And uh, why? Interesting story. <laughs> um, my father grew up down in Des Moines, and he subscribed to the Des Moines Register, even though we were living, you know, 250 miles away in Iowa. Uh, but uh, he always had that and the Sioux City Journal. Uh, but Iowa had a AAA baseball, tie, baseball team, mm -hmm. and uh, they were owned by Oakland, the Oakland A's. Oh. They were called the Iowa Oaks. Okay. And then the Cubs purchased them and became the Iowa Cubs. Hmm. And... When they did that, uh, the Sunday Des Moines Register, the sports section was always called the Peach. It was a different color of uh, print that they used. Okay. And so here in the Peach was this huge article, several articles actually, about the Cubs. And the Cubs now being in Iowa and, you know, they're the AAA so you might be able to see some of these guys mm -hmm, move up. Mm -hmm. And Chicago is a lot closer to get to than Oakland was. Uh, and it also had the story about them being lovable losers mm. and that fans were diehard fans. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, this is, this is cool. So I started to you know, pay attention. Uh, but, you know, in the meantime, at those ages, it was like, oh, you know, I kind of like the Royals. I kind of like sure. so-and-so. Uh, and all these different things. And then the very first thing that I got to vote on at the age of 18 in Rock Rapids was a municipal election about should we have cable TV in town? Oh, my. And it got voted in. And one of the stations that you could watch was WGN out of Chicago. I had WGN in Wisconsin. And they, yep. covered, they covered the Cubs. And uh, when I was in college, and I'd be back home for the summer, you know, back for the summer, um, they played all their home games back then 
in the afternoon. Mm. And I had a part-time job in the evening. Oh. So I would watch, hey, Harry Carey. Oh, sure. The Chicago Cubs, <laughs> the friendly confines of Wrigley Field. And so I got hooked on all of it then. You just reminded me of that, that Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Went, wow, look at the kid in the sombrero. <laughs> oh, man, now I'm going to have to go find some YouTube videos of Will Ferrell. <laughs> we should do Dave Holly as Will Ferrell as, as Harry, Harry Carey. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> that would be hilarious. You should do that on Late Night Boomin. Oh, yeah, but. I wonder if they'd let Mr. Potter do... You can just Mr. pretend like you're his twin brother or something. Yeah. yeah. I've got the glasses in my... Yeah. In another room. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That could be fun. <laughs> Don't take that idea, anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so did you play baseball? I only played up through seventh grade. Okay. Um, I was a catcher. Uh, in Little League and loved that. And then when I got to uh, junior high, uh, I realized um, I wasn't going to be mm. a good baseball player. I I still, if I could get around to one, I would go to a batting cage. And a yeah. Um, Did you have that. a sport that was your sport? Wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I did okay in it. Yeah. You know, better than 500. One more matches and sure. lost. Sure. Um, and had some really great memories of that um but to baseball i just still no matter you know sometimes you you play a sport and maybe you don't do that well and um sometimes whoever's coaching teaching and so mm -hmm. forth you leave kind of disheartened almost like yeah almost like you're being told not even to enjoy the sport sure sure and, yeah and uh but baseball even though i didn't decide to pursue it in any way I still love and and uh, I, I just continue to be astounded by it and learn from the game too mm -hmm. yeah yeah baseball is cool like where I grew up in Wisconsin we were closer to the twins then over to the Brewers then the Brewers okay. like much closer and uh, it was when the you know Kirby Puckett was oh, there yeah. in the World Series yep. and yeah 87 so. to 91 yep. yeah yep that was a big deal yep, yep. I, I actually got to do the PA for a Legion baseball game after a Twins game what at the Metrodome oh and when you hear your voice reverberate through a large building like that, it's pretty cool. That is really cool. <laughs> Did they tear the Metrodome down? Uh, you know, that's a really good question. Or is it just for use for conventions or something? I don't know. No, I, I don't, can't recall. I don't yeah, know if but they tore it, it down. You know, their old PA announcer that they had, you know, Kirby Puckett and so on. <laughs> My favorite, because I also happen to love the song Mac the Knife, was uh, Shane Mack. Nice. He'd come up to the plate. And they'd play, you know, Mac the Knife. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. <laughs> the right fielder. Number 24, Shane, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could just listen to your impressions all day, people. <laughs> well, I, I do a, a, a decent Sean Connery as uh, Henry Jones Sr. <laughs> yeah, in that final That's his name. Henry Jones Jr. <laughs> we named the dog Indiana. <laughs> You've done that one for me before. So funny. Still funny. It plays well anytime. So, 
I don't know, man. You're just going to keep doing do what you're doing. Uh, I will. I'll, yeah. I'll make that promise that I will as long as I can. Yeah. That's so exciting. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Semi-retirement. Sure yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little, toward it. I'm a little yeah. jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm re- jealous of those that uh, can definitely do retirement. Right well, now. yeah. 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 But and I feel what? like last it, year's 401k took a little bit of a tumble. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it seems like people are kind of trying to start retiring earlier. Yeah. Is that kind of a trend that you I think see? so? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, what they're retiring to are jobs that they love then. Right. And then they don't stop working. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But then is it really work if you love it? True. Yeah. That old adage is a great one. If you find something you love to do, it's not work. Yeah. Yeah. We artists still need to get paid more, though. True. <laughs> and that's one thing I keep talking about on this show. Um, and uh, the fact that uh, the artists in this town are great at collaborating. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, I'll, I'll give you one of the stickers that we have. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right, Dave. Well, again, this is the 200th episode yeah. of Mr. Dave Holly's podcast, The Dave Holly Hour. I am Axel Osteen. Anything else, Dave? Now you need to say, we'll be back with more in a moment. We'll be back with more in a moment. Ladies, when it's time to give your nails some love, get that extra special treatment from Quality Nails on South Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls. Manicures and pedicures that look great and make you feel fantastic. Zaya and Tony provide professional care for your hands and feet, whether you just want the basics or an extra special look with added flair. Oh, and guys, it's okay to treat yourself too. Quality Nails. Call for an appointment. 605-334-1463. People ask him where he got his top shelf voice. Dime store? Bargain. Once again, here's Dave Holly. Thanks again to our guests Robin Byrne and Alicia Rain and guest host Axel Osteen. As always, the biggest thanks goes to you for listening for the downloads, for sharing, following on social media, and the cups of coffee. If you haven't so far, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. For all 200 episodes, go online at DaveHollyHour.com. As the Sioux Falls Arts Council says, together we art. As Arts South Dakota says, home is where the art is. As I say, put some art in your heart. Remember, my name is Dave Holly, and for me, every day is a holiday. Dave Holly Hour has been brought to you by TJS Ceramics Studio, Posh Boutique, The Sky and Tea, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Jesse Moffat Entertainment, and the Sioux Falls Arts Council. If you would like to contribute to the continued success of this podcast, simply buy Dave a cup of coffee. Go to DaveHollyHour.com and click on the coffee cup icon. Don't forget to stay up to date on the show by following on Instagram and Facebook. The Dave Holly Hour is produced in the Dipsy Doodle Studios by Big D Entertainment. Thanks for listening.